I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewis.substack.com. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Machshava Lab podcast, where we explore a wide range of topics in Jewish philosophy, Chumash methodology, Midrash Agada, and many other miscellaneous topics I find interesting. I call this podcast Machshava Lab because this is where we will conduct Torah experiments by exploring questions, texts, and ideas in an effort to develop our Machshava in a hands-on, exploratory, first-hand manner. Uh, today is the first day of our spring semester at YBT and Lomdeha, and I've decided to try out a bunch of new things in the Torah content that I produce. Uh, one of these new things is making uh, audiobooks style uh, podcast episodes of the blog posts I've written. I have been writing articles for my various blogs since the dawn of the Jewish blogosphere in 2007. My current blog, Kol Hasridim, features over 300 articles. Uh, the link is in the description. And today I'd like to read you a blog post I wrote last week in response to the anti-vaxxers and COVID conspiracy theorists that I've encountered in these past few months. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, the blog post is entitled, Sefer HaChinuch on Opposition to COVID-19 Vaccines. Over the past couple of months, I've encountered a number of people who have expressed opposition to the COVID-19 vaccines. Some of these encounters have taken place online with strangers. Others have been with real-life acquaintances, including one of my good friends. Some of these people are anti-vax in general. Others are opposed to the COVID-19 vaccines in specific. Some people believe that science is on their side. Others have expressed distrust in the very existence Sorry. Uh, in the very enterprise of science. <laughs> that was a little slip there. Um, maybe existence also. Some limit their skepticism to vaccination, but are on board with masks, social distancing, and other COVID-19 precautions. Others question or deny the severity of the pandemic as a whole, believing it to be the result of fear-mongering fueled by mainstream media, pharmaceutical profiteering, and or political conspiracies. In other words, anti-vaxxers come in many flavors. My response to all such arguments ultimately boils down to an analogy stated in the introduction of the Sefer HaChinuch. Quote, There was a man whom thousands upon thousands of people adjured not to drink the water of a certain stream, as they saw that water kill those who drank it. They tested this matter a thousand times at various periods and with persons from different countries. Yet one wise person, an expert physician, told this man, Do not believe them all. For I tell you that from the vantage point of wisdom, that this water is not lethal because it is pure and swift running and the earth over which it passes is good. Drink to your heart's desire. Would it be good for that man to forget the widely known testimony of all and do as this wise person said? Of course it would not be good. An intelligent person would not listen to him nor do as he advised. End quote from the Sefer HaChinuch. First and foremost, it should be noted that the Sefer HaChinuch is not criticizing the expert physician for relying on his own mind against mass testimony. One of the core values of Judaism is to rely on one's own mind, regardless of what the rest of the world thinks. Our founder was Avraham Avinu, whom we laud for his independent thinking and bold intellectual resolve. Our sages explain that he is called Ha'ivri because, quote, the whole world was on one side and he was on the other side, end quote, from Breshis Rabbah 42.8. This value of independent thinking isn't limited to our philosophy and our ethics. Our entire system of post-Talmudic halacha is built on the notion that the, that the great halachas will analyze all of the relevant sources and follow the conclusions of their own minds, even if they diverge from the dominant views. Rambam beautifully expressed Judaism's epistemological stance when he said, quote, Truth does not become truer by virtue of the fact that the entire world agrees with it, nor less so even if the whole world disagrees with it. End quote. 
The true thinker knows this and will not be daunted by any opposition, no matter the numbers. From this standpoint, it is entirely possible that the expert physician in the Sefer HaChinuch's analogy is correct. It may be true that thousands of people died when they drank the water, but the testimony of thousands might very well be based on a misinterpretation of what they saw. The history of science is filled with examples of independent thinkers whose persistence in the face of opposition was ultimately vindicated, sometimes after their deaths, and whose theories shattered the old paradigms and became the new. Look no further than Louis Pasteur. His germ theory of disease started out as a minority view and was rejected in favor of the then-popular miasma theory, an explanation that was certainly supported by quote-unquote observational data during its reign. Uh, on a related note, I highly recommend reading my article, Seltzer Theories versus Jam Theories for Sigmund Freud's Wise Take on this Phenomenon. So if the lone expert can be right, and if this type of intellectual fortitude is a core value in both Judaism and in science, then what is the Sefer HaChinuch trying to say? The answer, I believe, is that the Sefer HaChinuch's analogy is aimed at the layperson. The moral of the story is that the layperson should not follow the advice of a minority few, even from an expert in the field, against the testimony of thousands, especially when the stakes are high. It may be rational for the expert physician to rely on his own knowledge, and it is his prerogative and duty to attempt to convince others of his position, but it would be irrational for the layperson to follow the expert's view in the face of thousands of deaths suffered by those who drank the water. To construct a hypothetical, non-politically charged medical example, if your doctor recommended that you take vitamin C supplements, but you were aware of thousands upon thousands of people who died shortly after they began their vitamin C regimen, then it would be irrational to rely on that doctor's recommendation, despite his expertise. This brings us to a new point which allows us to upgrade the analogy for modern times. We must remember that the Sefer HaChinuch was written hundreds of years before the advent of the scientific method. The author's statements about the water being quote, tested a thousand times, was made before there was such a thing as empirical studies. The reference to an expert physician was made before there was a dividing line uh, between what we call hard sciences and what they called natural philosophy, i.e. theorizing about the natural world on the basis of unaided observation and common sense. But unlike the Sefer HaChinuch, we live in an era of science, and our reliance on prevailing medical research is far superior to the reliance upon the observations of lay people. Let us apply the Sefer HaChinuch's analogy to the case at hand. Pfizer's phase three clinical trials involved 44,000 individuals. Moderna's involved 30,000. Oxford AstraZeneca's involved 23,000. But unlike the thousands upon thousands of individual testimonies in the Sefer HaChinuch's analogy, these clinical trials were conducted in accordance with the rigorous standards of 21st century science and medicine. I'm referring to the use of randomization, placebos, double-blind studies, precise measurements, thorough collection of data, knowledge of statistics, etc., etc., not only were these vaccines developed by thousands of experts in their respective fields in accordance with these criteria, but they were also approved of by thousands of additional experts of various other organizations. For example, the CDC, the FDA, the WHO, not to mention the tens or hundreds of thousands of medical practitioners involved in administering the vaccines and countless more medical practitioners who have received the vaccines themselves. In other words, our thousands upon thousands are qualitatively and qualitatively, sorry, are quantitatively and qualitatively superior to the thousands upon thousands in the Sefer HaChinuch's analogy. And if we take into consideration the unprecedented worldwide cooperation in the efforts to develop the COVID-19 vaccines, then they even meet the Sefer HaChinuch's criterion of being carried out by people from different countries. To repeat what I said earlier, it is certainly possible that all of these doctors and scientists are wrong. In rare cases, it might even be correct to rely on the minority view against the consensus of the field. But none of this undermines the Sefer HaChinuch's message that as a general policy, not only is it wrong to rely on a minority expert view in the face of thousands of counter cases, but it is foolish to do so. And call the Homer even more so to rely on a minority opinion in the face of expert of the expert consensus. 
To translate this into binary terms, if a person had the capacity to evaluate the abundant scientific data regarding the COVID-19 vaccines and oppose them on the basis of their professional knowledge and firsthand analysis, then their oppositional stance would be entirely within reason. Granted, I would hope that such an individual would have the intellectual honesty to recognize what it means to go against the prevailing views when the stakes are so high, but I wouldn't hold it against them, nor would their esteem be diminished in my eyes. But if a layperson who lacked the requisite expertise to adequately assess the relevant data and nevertheless chose to rely on a handful of cherry-picked findings from experts who disagreed with the rest of the scientific community, then such a person is, in my opinion, making an irrational decision. And if their behavior results in harm to others, then their decision is also immoral and the blood will be on their hands. There are three final points I'd like to make. First, I mentioned above that a good friend of mine is opposed to the COVID-19 vaccines. This friend of mine is a thinker whose intellect and character I respect. I was extremely dismayed to learn of his anti-vax position. To my mind, this drove home the point that even the intelligent among us can fall prey to the same mind-twisting patterns of thought which plague the truly mind-twisted. In other words, we are all susceptible to fallacious thinking and cognitive biases. That recognition should give us pause and empathy. This point is underscored by the fact that my friend and I learned this same excerpt from the Sefer HaChinuch together this past summer and agreed on our understanding, and yet it is clear that we did not draw the same implications from what we learned. The second point, which also pertains to the aforementioned friend of mine, is that one can hold irrational positions and still be a rational person. I think it is important to bear this distinction in mind so that we don't write people off entirely on the basis of one or two or even ten misguided views they hold. That type of wholesale dismissal of intellectual personhood is part of what has torn our country apart during these last five years and gotten us into the mess we're still in. In other words, I think I felt I felt. Oh, a typo here. In other words, I think it is important for me to make a public statement that, yes, I have a friend who is opposed to the COVID vaccines. No, that is not okay. He's wrong and his reasons for being wrong are also wrong. But that doesn't negate his status as a thinker in my mind, nor does it sully our friendship. Many thinkers throughout history have tenaciously clung to crazy views without being crazy themselves. Of course, one can hold irrational positions and also be an irrational person, but I don't think I need to waste any digital ink by expounding on that point. My third and final point is that in the unlikely event that all these scientists and doctors turn out to be wrong about the COVID-19 vaccines and anti-vaxxers turn out to be right uh, in their uh, to resist vaccination, I want to go on record now as saying that it is still irrational for these lay people to have rejected the scientific and medical consensus in favor of fringe theories. You can be right in your conclusions, but wrong in how you got there. The religious biblical literalists who denied science throughout the ages happened to have been right that the universe had a beginning, but their reasons for being right were wrong. None of us knows how this will end, but we can bet on at least one thing. Critical thinking is key. The lack of critical thinking may or may not have started this whole mess, but it has certainly exacerbated it in numerous ways. May the God who grants knowledge to man grant knowledge to man. And that is the end of the blog post. Um, I also mentioned at the end of the blog post, if you are in need of resources to help combat anti-COVID-19 vaxxers, uh, check out the COVID-19 Vaccine Communication Handbook, which is where I got much of my information. I also recorded a podcast episode entitled A Stoic Perspective on Vaccination for my podcast, The Stoic Jew. Uh, that is the end of this episode of the Machshava Lab. Um, if you uh, think that you might be interested in me doing more audiobook versions of the podcast that I've written, uh, both podcasts, sorry, <laughs> more audiobook version podcasts of the blog posts I've written, um, let me know. Uh, you know, email me at rabbishnewes at gmail.com. Um, I, uh, I would also be willing to record audiobook 
versions of old blog posts I've written. I wouldn't, you know, record all of them, but I would read uh, record the ones that I think lend themselves uh, to the audio format. Um, uh, that is it for today. Uh, if you have gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Uh, link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewos at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.